It's the friends in your ears who talk about beers. Yes, it's the core room. Uh, unfortunately, coming to you during lockdown five from Melbourne, which coincides with other lockdowns around Australia. But we've all managed to gather together in the Zoom room tonight for what is sure to be a very fun and exciting night because we're going to be joined by the team from Carwin in a few moments who are going to lead us through their magnificent seven tasting pack. Uh, it's an array of some enormous and fun beers and so many things to talk about. Uh, thank you to everyone who's joining us for the first time. We know that when we have Carwin on, we get lots of new people joining us in the Zoom room and in the podcast version. Uh, it'd mean a lot from us or for us if you could uh, subscribe on whatever podcast uh, platform you're finding us on tonight to make sure that you can keep up to date with what we're doing and similarly on our social media. We've got some really fun things coming up in the next month. We've just announced our next online Meet the Brewers. Uh, that is the one that will take place after the one on Saturday with Deschutes live from the US. Uh, the one that we'll be kicking off with in August will be Little Bang, and we've got some really fun beers lined up from that. Uh, that'll be part of our uh, tasting pack that'll come out at the beginning of August. Um, so if you don't already follow us on the social medias, please do that. Hopefully you're already following Carwin on the social medias, and we'll give you some more information about how to do that as the night wears on. The only other little note from me is to say that obviously we'd like you to have the whole Magnificent Seven uh, with you when you taste this. The three beers we're going to be particularly focusing on tonight will be the Triple Red IPA, the Deeds Imperial Stout and the One Drop. Now, even just in those three beers, there are an enormous number of standard drinks. And so we're not suggesting that you try and drink all of that liquid in the time that we're going to be chatting about them, which will be about an hour. Uh, feel free to share them with other members of your house. Equally, feel free to make yourselves a little tasting paddle. We'll make it pretty obvious when we're moving from one drink to another. So you can drink responsibly at home and savour the flavours. Uh, enjoy the way that they open up and change. And um, most of all, remember the experience. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast version, you might even want to pause a little bit as we move from one beer to another. That way you'll get the maximum uh, experience out of it all. Um, my friend Travis, he of the ceiling windows, how are you tonight, my friend? Uh, hello, David. I am well in lockdown number five, I think is what we're calling it, maybe. Um it's yeah, it's a lockdown. It's a lockdown. That's a fair. That's that's about all I got it's on that. Becoming now. a little bit too familiar for some of us in yes to Australia. Doesn't um, matter how many times you've done it, it's not fun. No, I feel like it's becoming the norm, which is kind of disturbing. Well, at least we've got some things to look forward to. Not the least of which are some great beers and some great chat tonight. Exactly. And on that, we are going to welcome the Bens from Carwin back to the podcast. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, you're joining us again in another lockdown, obviously. Um, Only one of us. That is true. And I ju you just reminded me because other Ben is in Queensland lapping it up and still oh, sitting in a Zoom room. This was family holiday planned months ago, so 
terribly sorry. Don't be sorry, mate. I reckon anyone that's not in a lockdown at the moment living life to the fullest. I'll um, for you guys. He just he did escape three or four days early. All right. <laughs> do what you got to do, mate. That's it. That's it. Um, why don't we start before we get on to talking about some of the beers in the magnificent seven pack? Um, give our listeners, our local listeners, and our overseas listeners a bit of a rundown on uh, where you guys are based, who you are, and uh, describe your venue to us. Basically, we started as a humble bottle shop back in 2007 when the other Ben uh, bought the business from someone else. And it's sort of, uh, you know, gradually over the years grown and grown into quite a really unique little uh, craft booze business that really champions independent producers primarily and um, has, is a real craft beer specialist, I suppose. Do we still go with little? Well, we're, we're not an empire. We're still a single bottle shop. We're still a single site. Bar. We're not and, getting another site. So. And online. So. A, a behemoth? You could still be a single site, but a very large entity. <laughs> well, if anyone's met me in person, you know. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you heard it in the call room the first as well. There will, be, there will not be another site. There you go. Scoop. Not, not anytime soon. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for that. Um, guys, um, before we, we'll move on to the beer, surely. I'm guessing everyone that has purchased the pack may still have the first beer uh, that we are going to try tonight, which is the Mountain Culture Triple Threat, Triple Red IPA. Before we do that, though, we want to hear what you guys think of each other. So starting with with one of you, and you can choose which one, why don't you introduce the other one and tell us what you think their favourite beer style is? Well, well, I'm afraid to go first, so you go. <laughs> well, Ben is the black sheep of the Barossa, <laughs> and having left the family wine dynasty, he's decided to escape to Melbourne, much to his father's disappointment. Um, and his favourite style is lager, crisp, well-made Czech lager. I'm, I'm looking to see whether he's nodding or not, and I can't well, see. I'm it. not going to. I definitely have a deep appreciation for that beer style, so I'm not going to argue with it. He does also change what he likes constantly. Don't we all? Yeah. Um, ben, your turn. So uh, Ben had a similar uh, <laughs> leaving well. the. Family business, shall we say, story from uh, from uh, Swan Valley, Western Australia. Um, so Ben, here we go. So when I met Ben, he did not drink beer. He didn't like beer. And now he sort of likes beer. There you go. <laughs> his his favourite style would probably be uh, maybe, maybe a Belgian quad um, or he likes a good fruited lambic. No, that's a that's a big stretch between the two of you from Blaga yeah. to Alambic. That's that's yeah. impressive. Like Ben's come a long way. That, that is a long. That's a long way. Like it's. And I, I like that you're both playing very nice with each other early in this podcast. You know, that's it's a, bit, it's a bit like you know, sort of you know, a boxing match. You're just both tentatively feeling each other out at the moment, but yeah. no one's gonna. Yeah, he was fairly nice. So I was fairly nice. That's why I didn't go first. <laughs> the bad Perfect. things come out at Harpy. 
Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the pack soon, but before we do, yeah. um, let's talk about the first beer we're trying, uh, which, as I mentioned, is the the Mountain Culture Triple Threat, Triple Red IPA. Is it just me, or a brewery starting to get to a point where they try to put as many words as possible on a label now? Oh, this is only just the beginning, Travis. I know, I know. I'm yeah. getting concerned. Got, got nothing on one drop. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where my brain just went. Um, oh, come on. There was that Three Ravens, Mr. West, collab. Oh, yes, that's true. That, yeah. was, that was weird. Um, how about you, uh, tell us about our friends over at Mountain Culture. How did uh, how'd you come to add this one into the pack? Well, this pack is essentially the, the best of the best. Um, I mean, we, we came about this pack, a, a little bit of background, um, well, we obviously we do Kanban every year and we're a little bit restricted due to the time of year being the, in summer and with the amount of big, you know, uh, darker sort of beers we can put in there. So we decided to do a, a winter 12 pack and just really go nuts. Um, obviously that was going to be half imported, half local. COVID shipping issues, and long story short, we're doing two packs, one the Magnificent Seven, and then the second one uh, yet to be named. But um, basically, we, we were always going to include Mountain Culture. They're one of the best breweries in Australia. I don't think there's too much doubt about that. And, uh, yeah, I was talking to them, and I, I just suggested straight up, how about a, a triple version of your, your red IPA? Um, it seemed pretty obvious to me. I mean, DJ's famous for brewing this beer style, essentially. He um, obviously he worked for, for Modus, where he came up with former tenant. And then when Mountain Culture opened, uh, their double red IPA was instantly their flagship uh, beer. And it's something that his a style he's really perfected. So I was, to say I was a little chuffed when they, did, when they agreed to do the triple red IPA is a massive understatement. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a... That's a great description and uh, yeah, bang on. Um, there's a few people that have commented in the Zoom room now about uh, mountain culture and how they've uh, they've changed them a bit. Um, I agree that they're just one of the best breweries going around at the moment. It's um, it's pretty hard to fault them. In, in fact, you, you pretty much can't. Um, in relation to this beer, why don't we talk about what we're tasting? Um, ben Carwin, why don't you take us on this one? So... In my very limited beer knowledge, because those guys who know who've been in the shop know, Ben handles all the beer for Carlin. And as I emailed Dave, I was like, I flat out don't know enough about these beers to do the podcast on my own. Um, I kind of knew vaguely what's in there. This is the first one I've tasted. Um, Have you not tasted oh, the pack yet? Is that what you're saying? No. no. I, I, this I is tried, my first time as well. Yeah. Tried dark oh. motives. Because we did the taste, it we did the blending, but that's all. Amazing. Okay. Well, this is this is probably something different that we're we're all sort of tasting it for the first time. So, why don't we why don't we um, go around the room a bit in relation to the four of us, David, myself, and the two Bens, and give our impressions on on what we're tasting, and then when the listeners listen to this down the track, if they got a pack, um, they'll be able to compare. Um, yeah. On the thoughts. 
Well, I've got to say, mine's fairly cold. I sort of took all three beers out of the fridge at once. So this one's still at the chillier end for me. Um, and so for me, I'm getting that alcohol coming through really strongly at the moment, even more than some of the flavours, which I'm just starting to get the hints of the, the burnt toffees and other sort of flavours that are, that are going to be there. Um, but looking forward to that opening up, and I think I really will leave a bit of that to sort of come back to in half an hour or so and just sort of see how it's opened up, you know, for, for newer listeners, maybe they're a bit more used to drinking wines and so forth. This is going to be a touch, I think, of a, a red wine that maybe you've had tucked down in the cellar and it's going to be a bit cold when you pull it out, but um, it, it'll open up as it goes along. You, I reckon you hit the nail on the head there because I was about to say almost the same thing. Letting it sit for a while seems to probably be a, a good idea with this one, but you you automatically get those that toffee and caramel notes sort of coming through pretty quick. Um, but I feel like what David just said, it'll open up more as you let it sit. It's um, I, Yeah, I actually prefer this to the double, uh, which is unusual. I, I often find triples just too much. Um, but this has got really nice balance. Um like, I get what you say about the alcohol, but mine's warmed up a bit and it's kind of just melded all together. Mm. Um, and it's it's just a delicious drink. Yeah. Um, it's amazing they haven't brewed this before because it's, as you said, it's perfectly, perfectly balanced, I think. Yeah, I feel like it, it they could brew it multiple times over and you'd, you'd still get that coming through. You're right, Ben. It it doesn't taste like a triple. It, mm. It's, you know, it's, which is dangerous in itself that we're starting the night on a triple red IPA, but we like to take risks in the call room, don't we, David? Well, we do. It was interesting. I noticed mugs and a few people who were in the blind tasting that we did last Sunday in the call room, uh, which had the beetle juice or beetle gears uh, from Kaiju mm-hmm. in it. There seems to be a few red IPAs and rye IPAs and doubles kicking around at the moment. Um, I think for a lot of us, the that Betelgeuse was amongst the mm. best beers we had in the blind mm. tasting. Uh, this nice. certainly stands up very well in comparison to that. But as I think Ben said, doesn't sort of feel like it's it's you know massively bigger than that in some ways. It feels like it's a restrained triple. Mm. Yeah, I think for the for the benefit of our listeners that listen back to this, we should start referring to the Bens as Ben C and Ben D because Big Ben we've, we've, got, ben. we've got two Bens in tonight. So, um, uh, Ben D, maybe for you, what sort of interaction did you have? Well, you've you've once, already mentioned about a bit yeah, a bit of it, but yeah, sure. Once uh, I was talking to Pat and DJ and. Uh, once they agreed to brew this style, to be honest, I was more more or less done because I wasn't going to give any sort of advice or say, I think you should do this or that. This is a style of beer that DJ's brewed, you know, hundreds of times and I fully trust him. So I wasn't going to say, can you use these hops or whatever it, whatever it might be, you know, and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, it's a it's a good call when you can put your faith in in them to just do it. I reckon that's that's the best best way to go about it. Um, I just would have loved to have seen what the reaction was if you did try to tell them how to brew one. That would have been, you know, <laughs> uh, that would have been it would have been a fly on the wall moment. I reckon it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try my luck for you know 
I think they're going to be in Canvent, so I'll see what I can what I can get get past. Just send random text messages really late at night with your ideas and, and <laughs> any any yeah. suggestions for the Mountain Culture Canvent beer. Yeah, as in suggestions from the room. Yep. Yeah. I I reckon that uh, by the time the listeners have finished drinking this, they'll probably uh, <laughs> have a few ideas on. Maybe just go one up. Maybe you just do the quad. The quad. Ah, uh, it seems uh, too obvious. Yeah. You know, the one thing about dealing with like culture and the rest, a lot of the, the really good guys is once you convince them to let go of the shackles of their normal day-to-day brewing and they think about it a bit differently, they start, it's it's much easier to go, all right, here's the, you know, here's where we want to go. Now go for it. Um, because every brewer, anyone who's had anything to do with breweries knows the accountant sitting in the back going, all right, so what are the numbers? What are we going to return? What, you know, whereas a lot of the big projects for us, people can go, well, the whole batch is going to carbon. We'll have a handful of kegs left at the end for the brew pub and that's it. You know, yeah. and with beers like this, you know, we took a substantial chunk of the production. So it's a lot safer for them. But you've just got to get that in their head the first time. Mm. How many um, times have you done things with Mountain Culture now? Is it a few times and is that sort of relationship built up now for ex- in exactly uh, the way you described? This is the first. Oh, no, they were in Canvent last year. They were in Canvent. Yeah. They're, they're super easy to work with, super relaxed, great. Um, yeah, great people. Which I think that's actually a really good good point you make there, Bendy, that they're super relaxed and easy to work with. And I think that's kind of evident with who you see them they they're working at the moment with so many different bars and, and bottle shops and other breweries and stuff it's it's quite evident that they must be easy to work with because everyone wants to work with them at the moment so it's yeah it's an interesting key point we are yet to have them on the podcast which uh we might have to reach out and make something happen there i think um Apart well, we from the alcohol usual, content. We can do our usual thing where we pretend in social media we've said something bad about them so they have to listen to the episode and then all they have is really nice things and we can just invite them here and now and see if they ever listen. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, I've got yeah. to remember that one. Yeah, it's, it has led to a few little issues along the way, but generally it's worked. Um, we try to behave been... ourselves most of the time. Yeah, there's been some good suggestions there in the chat for everyone who's got it open in the Zoom room. One of the great reasons to join us live is so that you can participate in the chat. Um, an imperial sour, a triple, we've also um, a, a lambic, you know, some of those things would be fun. But obviously, the turnaround time for some breweries to sort of do that, I guess, might be a bit prohibitive in the in the short term as well. Well, they, they do have um, cool ship spontaneous beer uh, in barrel. I do know that. So Topher transported his cool ship over and they did multiple batches of Katoomba spontaneous beer. So look out for that in the next, who knows? Oh, I don't know whether they've said that publicly yet, but we're happy to be the ones to break the news. So that's, you know. I'm pretty sure I was on their Insta. So if it wasn't, apologies. Yeah, I think it was. It's public knowledge now. I don't feel like I'm going to want to edit too much after drinking these beers tonight. So. Um, and I've got to say, for me, already there's, that flavour has changed. I, I get less of that sort of sharp alcohol. I was, that, I was just about to say, the more it's warming up, the more it's, uh, it's shifting. 
Um, ben D, what, apart from the alcohol content, do you think makes this a triple? Give us a bit of a... It's just more of everything. More, more malt, obviously. More hops. Uh, it's all competing, but in a, in a really nice balance in this beer. I'm getting some, some sort of dried fruit coming through now. Um, yeah, as you said, it's like, what's, what's the difference between this and, American, and an American barley wine? I mean, it seems to drink drink a bit easier. Um, Doesn't have yeah. that sharpness to it that your barley wine would have at this point. Yeah, what a what a cracking bit. Um, now, I think the point that you were making to me in the chat, Mister Bristow, is that we are still Warren Wooless. So <laughs> tonight, I will be playing the part of Warren Woo, and then Travis, you might need to play the part of David Griffiths for section three if. Uh, Warren hasn't arrived by then. And really what I'm signalling to everyone there is that it's time to be uh, pouring out your dark motives from deeds and getting ready to have a little chat about that. So, and again, if you're doing the podcast version, uh, feel free to pause if you need a little bit of extra time before we move on from the red. Uh, this Even just pouring the deeds, it smells spectacular. <laughs> Yeah. While we're while we're all pouring our drinks, um, Ben's, why did you name the pack the Magnificent Seven? Because there's seven cans in it. <laughs> well, that yeah, was a I snowfall can't... toss belted back over the bottom's head. <laughs> I kind of thought we... like that would be the answer I'd get. Well, to, to be honest, we had when we realised that we needed to do something different, we had a little, uh, a quick little marketing meeting. And then uh, after a few minutes, we hadn't come up with a name. And our awesome uh, delivery guy, Mick, walks in the room and he's, he's a bit of a cowboy. He's got that hat in all the, in all the promos, his hat. And we're like, give us a name, Mick. We need a, we need a name for a, a beer pack, which is all killer beers and the seven of them. And he was a straight up magnificent seven. We're like, okay, you, you're done now, mate. Thank you. So I feel like I should have asked that question differently. You answered it perfectly, but what I guess what I probably I yeah. should have started with, so I didn't look like as much of a dick as I just did, <laughs> was was it always seven beers originally, or did you name it and then choose your seven beers? But I think we got the answer we were after. Yes. So the the black box, which was supposed to be before, was six Aussie and six international beers. Um, with the way it worked out, we had six the six Aussie that were ready, and the garage project with New, with obviously New Zealand being closer. So we probably put out one of the first mixed seven packs that I've ever seen put out. So there you go. And on that, I'm going to sit back and enjoy enjoy my 14 point whatever it is five <laughs> percent beer while David uh, channels his inner Warren Wu. And, um, and we kick off on the deeds. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Warren. Sorry I'm late. That's just what I not know. Look, we've got the deeds uh, beer being poured out here. Um, these guys have been on our podcast a few times over the years. Really encourage people to go back and have a, have a listen to their uh, previous episodes with us because that really does tell a bit of the deeds story. Um, but Ben C, perhaps you could introduce Deeds for people who don't know them uh, previously and just sort of give your take on uh, who Deeds are and what they're up to at the moment. So Deeds is a 
fairly well long established brewery that I on someone else's podcast a few years ago when I said they were the next up and coming brewery I got laughed at by the hosts <laughs> uh, they're from Tasmania if and there's three of them um, but they're a brewery that, that does narrow that does narrow it down a bit I yeah, say love them they're great people but they just did not believe me it was before they opened the brewery and, and Justin had got there and they were making some pretty average what were some pretty average beers um, but when you meet Pat and Dave who are the owners they get it they know what they want to do they just didn't have the tools available to them to execute what they've been thinking about for five years so it's one of those cases of they started they sort of got going they got some cash flow you know they had a lot of experience in distribution but they never had the people to make it really fire so in the last what is it two and a bit years now since justin's been there um, well, when, when they got Justin on board, they actually had a few meetings upstairs at Carwin yeah. um, and they bounced a few ideas around with us. And we, we, so we had a bit of insider knowledge and knew that they were on the right track. Yeah. yeah. But even, even still when they started, they, when they got the brewery down in Glen Iris, there was a few batches of the, what they'd been doing. And Justin had said to them, we want to make a hazy and Pat and Dave said, no, can't afford to, too much money, too many hops. So we convinced them to do the collab with us, which is the Traveller, which was the first hazy they put out in a 440, in a serious one. And we had to agree that if it didn't sell, we'd take the entire batch. Wow. Yep. And Adam, who was the rep at the time, had sold the entire batch before we'd mashed in. So... They, they, they got it after that. And that's when that whole series has just started coming out. It's a really good point. In fact, I think in one of the episodes where we have Kumar, who many people in Melbourne will know, who's one of their reps on, I always say that one of the great examples of repping was when he came in to the pub when I had it uh, and made me sit down and drink the beers with him. Didn't just drop them off and hope that I wouldn't give them to mates and so forth because I had formed a very clear opinion in my mind about what deeds were from their early uh, early beers. And he sat there and talked me through them and made sure that I tasted them. And by the end of that, I had absolutely walked away with a completely new understanding as to what the yeah. beers were, which is exactly what a rep is supposed to do. It's not about having, you know, necessarily fun, good times all the time it, or just dropping beers around the neighbourhood. It's about actually educating uh, people who run venues as to, to what the products are. And definitely when we were, we were exactly the same. And even when Justin sort of approached me, so I'm responsible for Justin getting the head brewer job at Hawkers. And they asked me and I was like, you've got your brewer there. That obviously didn't pad out long-term. And even when he went to Deeds, I was like, are you sure you want to go to Deeds? Like this doesn't seem like a really good move from Hawkers. Um, but obviously, you know, he and Ned and the team have proved everyone wrong. Absolutely, and again, yeah, it's just it's just fantastic to see how those those beers have evolved over time, and the amount of license the brewers now get, which I guess brings us to this beer. Um, it's it's enormous and so full of flavour. Um, again, I guess a bit like the the triple red we just had. Can you sort of describe what flavours you're getting out of it at the moment? Maybe Ben D, kick off with you, um, and oh. also what you think it might change as it, as it warms a little. I hope you like bourbon is 
what I got to say. Um, Justin, uh, his, what he really thinks is, you know, pretty important about this style of beer is that you, the bourbon is at the, the forefront, still like integrated with everything else, but you want to notice that bourbon, you know, there's a reason that people are picking these up off the shelf and they want that little bit of a bit of a whack in the face um, from the bourbon, a bit of that and, and the oak as well. Um, but this is a big beer in many aspects, but um, yeah, surprisingly well balanced as well. Yeah, Travis, how were you finding it, mate? I think everything Ben said there is spot on. Yeah, it's um, and someone just put a question in the Zoom room: a dark motives or the fray? Uh-huh. Um, yep. It's this is winning hands down. It's there's a lot going on. If you didn't like bourbon, though, it uh, it'd be a tough sell. It's just yeah, I feel like the more it's going to warm up, the better it's going to get. Well, this is one that we actually have tried previously, just not in its current form. So yeah. Ben and I were invited down to the brewery to select the barrels for this beer. Um, so Deeds at the time, I'm sure they've got a lot less now, had about 60 bourbon barrels with Imperial Stout in them from, from a, oh, it might've been three or four different batches and multiple different um, barrel uh, types as well. Uh, and then we selected two barrels that out of what they presented to us that we were super happy with and and those two got blended together. Yeah. It, it's amazing right now. How do you think it's going to change as, as it as it sits in our glasses? Mine so, isn't super cold, but it's a little bit chilly. I reckon those sort of chocolatey roast malt characters are going to pick up. Um, one of the two barrels, so the one thing about the 60 barrels that Deeds had, obviously there's probably 20 left now after doing fray. Um, they've got stouts with lots of dark roast. They've got stouts with very light dark roast. So you get that roast acidity and it's a blend. That's why fray is what it is. It is a blend of things. This is picking, essentially picking what we thought were the two best barrels out of what they had available um, at the right ages. Um, I think one of the things with this beer, it's kind of a bit of a shame. It's going most of it's going to get drunk in the next week. Yeah. Because if we could have put this in a 375 mil bottle and stuck it in the cellar for a year and released in a year, it's a it's a different animal. Yep. Um, we kind of, I think Bear and I probably subconsciously, these are things we really enjoy because for me growing up in Swan Valley making fortified wine. And blending fortified wines, you kind of it's the same philosophy to make these. And I really enjoy doing this with Deeds and the Boat Rocker and a few others that we've done. Um, so you can sort of construct these beers out of the barrels. It's just, yeah, getting drunk in the next week's probably a bit tough on it. Um, and, and can I ask, when, when you were selecting the barrels that you that you've used in this one, did you did you really have in mind that it would be drunk very quickly or did you have a little bit in the back of your head, gee, to be nice if someone kept this aside for a couple of years and therefore I'll choose a slightly different barrel on that basis? No, I don't think it was more about the best, the best beer we could find and what was presented yeah. to us. And it was obviously, it's drinking really well right now. Um, it's incredibly smooth with low, mm. like roast acridity. It's, um, 
it's a it's a belter of a beer even now. It's, it's very interesting because I'm so this is Ben knows why I'm doing this and that will come out later. I'm drinking out of two completely different glass shapes, and in the teku, it's a little bit acidic and quite full on. This is a, a Riedel Performance Series red wine glass, um, and it's much creamier and rounder and almost like what it would be in six or eight months' time. Do you, yeah, do you want to explain that a little bit more now, yeah. or do you want to hold that? No, I can't explain that a little bit more now, but you'll know by Christmas. Well, it's, it's certainly a really interesting thing to do. I mean, a lot of people sort of wonder why, you know, some beer snobs say don't drink it out of a can. It's better to drink it out of a glass so you can put your nose in. Uh, and we've done beer tastings in the flesh over the years where we've used different shaped glasses or served different kinds of food with the drinks. Uh, and it is amazing, isn't it, guys, just sort of how yeah. that will change your experience. Yeah. Mm. Try the same beer in different glasses at the same time. Not it, You don't do it often enough. No. And it's a, even with some relatively cheap beers, it's a, mm. it's a good little experiment and, um, you know, and a good way to trick your mates, you know, give them the same beer in three different glasses and see if they can, they can pick the difference. My issue is if I had too many glasses in the cupboard or I went out and brought more glasses, I reckon there's someone in my household that might have an issue with that. <laughs> uh, that's your problem, mate. Sorry. <laughs> yep. It's the kind of thing you can get away with when you run a venue anyway. It's like, oh, I need this shaped <laughs> glass just for, you know. Yeah. Yes, if all true. of our if all of our Christmas beers are going to be such and such, then we need the right shaped glass for it. Um, just moving on though, before we dwell on that point for too long and cause any strife, um, when you were, I guess, when you were putting together the fuller selection of beers that are going to be in the pack, did you aim for a bit of diversity? Did you try to sort of make sure that you didn't end up with seven stouts or seven? triple IPAs or so forth. And how did you, how did you go yeah. about that sort of process? Well, naturally we went, we went big. I mean, we wanted this to be a super premium pack. Um, so naturally went big when it went more heavily weighted to dark and barrel age. But, uh, you know, I really like having a bit of balance. So there's, you know, we've got a sour in there. We've got a few IPAs in there. Um, you know, I think it's just a bit boring having all the same thing. Um, but maybe when we do actually put the black box out, um, whenever that is, maybe we'll, we'll go all, all, all dark. Can people vote on that? Can we do a vote? I was going to say, it's got a touch of the Metallica Black Album about it or the Spinal Tap Smell the Glove, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm happy to see some votes. I don't know, I've taken note of a couple of questions that people have typed into the room as well, which uh, one in particular sort of will be a good transition as we move from, from this beer to the next, I think. So um, it's, a, it's a fascinating lineup and a fascinating pack. So it's just sort of interesting to hear how all of those fit together. I guess if you guys haven't tasted them all, it's a bit hard to ask you about to give us a bit of a pricey of the other beers. But, you know, for people who are particularly listening on the podcast, what else should people be looking out for in, in the pack that's coming out to them? Beers that we won't be tasting together in the recorded session of what we're doing tonight. Okay. Uh, I thought the range triple IPA was an absolute belter. I loved what those guys have been putting out recently. Um, because this got delayed a bit, actually the first range beer that was supposed to be in was the double dripping in green. 
which is the high density hop charge beer. Mm. And that yeah. is, that was probably my hazy of the year. Um, so it was sad to see that go, but then the replacement beer, the triple oak cream is, is phenomenal. Um, and Ben, and ben see, are there any beers in there that you're really, uh, you know, itching to, to have a taste of? I think we've actually, for me, the only other one is the Green Cheek Garage Project. Yep. Um, mainly because I'm a fanboy of Green Cheek. They make amazing beers. Now, awesome boobs. now, it's always important to admit your ignorance. And, and I've got to say, I know very little about them, which might affect, you know, offend some of the people in the room. But can you just sort of give us a bit of a background on them? Garage Project, I think pretty much everyone will be familiar with, but Green Cheek, who I was going to call, I was going to call Green Beak, I've got to say, because of the bird on the can, but, you know. Yeah. Let's... So Green Cheek um, is a brewer that came in, in Anaheim, in LA. We visited them in 2019 um, on our, the and Walker Importers and Head Brewers recommendation. Uh, met them at, at Firestone Invitational and Evan came from Noble Ale Works, which is a block away. Uh, so there's a little bit of bad blood between the two bre local breweries. Yeah. Uh, we had to put them on separate days during Good Beer Week. So, um, but he's just one of those, it's one of those sort of, if you imagine, it's kind of like Anaheim's version of Three Ravens. They're just really solid, well-made, consistent beers that are in a local neighbourhood. They're not trying to be anything else. They just know they can make great beer. Um it's I think Evan, yeah. Evan Price is probably one of the most respected IPA brewers in America. Yeah. Um, and we'd air freighted kegs of them for Good Beer Week just gone. And they were my favourite beers, um, hands down. Yeah. It's probably a really good sort of point just to sort of, you know, it's been a, a funny old year since we last got to chat with you. You know, how was Good Beer Week for you? What were your highlights and, I guess, you know, how's, how's COVID number five been for the business and everything that you do and not just for your business personally, but I guess for the whole Melbourne beer scene, how do you think things are going at the moment? Yeah, look, I think the last couple of lockdowns, they feel like they're hurting more. Like we got through the first three okay. I think these last couple have been tough on people. Um, it's certainly been quieter, especially this one, than, than the last few. Um, it is what it is for us. We keep going. The website keeps going. Deliveries keep going. Um, I've kind of enjoyed it because I've actually got to catch up on some other stuff. We we have a couple of other companies that we we run, um, making wine and, and whiskey and a few other bits and pieces. So I've had some time to actually do some work on them, which is always nice. Um, so it is what it is. We just keep going and, you know, the sooner everyone gets vaccinated and we get back to normal, the better. If, if we'd known that we were going to be in lockdown again, we probably would have done the virtual festival again this yeah. year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's now 2023, if anyone's asking. That's the real festival, though. The real festival is going to be 2023. And Do you guys notes, just so I remember in the morning. Do you yeah, guys find that's one of the, the the harder things to deal with with the lockdowns is that you can't – are you at a point now where you just can't plan anything going forward? Are you Do you question yourself when you come up with a few ideas on what you should do? Well, not, overly, very... not really. 
Um, I'm very glad we decided not to do the festival this year. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. But no, a lot of, lot of respects, no, because most of the time, a lot of the beers for those bigger events, we've got some breathing space. So yep. unless we go into six months worth of lockdown, it's really not an issue. Um, we have, what is it, 15, 16 kegs of Demolin to put on uh, that was meant to be this weekend that we've postponed yep. probably a dozen times for well, various reasons. Well, yeah. what sucked was last winter, we the bar was shut for, the bar was shut for seven months. Yeah. So we had an entire winter's worth of, you know, kegs that we just didn't, sell so we've got a lot of kegs in the cellar at the moment but they're all cellar worthy beers so yeah. that'll be fun it's how we had a keg of uh toppling the life turmoil because it was from the event last year or 29 2020 so we put it in 2021 and you were able to use a bit of that time to sort of do a bit of remodeling out there as well from yes yeah, we did. It was it's a it's a hard one for people to see. It's a lot of back of house stuff. Um, those of you who've been coming into the bar from when we started, we built a bar for fifty people for some yeah. locals to have a beer after work. And we never expected what was going to happen. Um, so, you know, we kind of just got our way through for years and years and years. And you know, well, you you chose to locate yourself in what eventually became the absolute epicenter of Melbourne's uh, local wrestling scene. Uh, so one way or another, I think it's, you know, so many of my visits are either before going to the town hall or down to watch the Mexican wrestling, you know, down yeah. the road at uh, Retropolis. So yeah. you've only got yourselves to blame for that very clear decision you must have made at some point in time. At some point we thought maybe it might, you know, spread from Northcote to Thornbury and anyone who knows that street, there is a dead, there was a dead zone for a long time between yeah. Northcote and Thornbury. Um, and now Northcote's died and Thornbury's taken off. So, you know. It, it's really interesting because the other day I had to drop off some beers, you know, a bit sort of further out around Regent and sort of dropped those off and then sort of, you know, came down to Preston and then Thornbury and then sort of obviously back through the city. And it was it was really interesting to see how sort of all of those streets are changing just like when I first landed in Melbourne in the early 90s. You know, Brunswick Street was the place to be. And then it sort of became, you know, Smith Street and all of those streets just sort of pushed out further and further over time. Yeah. What we're thinking we might do, just so that people can savour their beers, but um, just to give Mr Wu an extra minute or two to get ready, is that we yeah. might pause the record here. People can have a little bathroom break or whatever else they might need and uh, charge their glasses ready for the one drop. <laughs> Welcome back to, I think it's episode 89 of The Cool Room uh, with our good friends from Carwin uh, reprising their visit from episode 61, I think. Go back and check that one in the archives. We're having a great time here, even though it's lockdown as we work our way through the magnificent seven-pack. Uh, and Travis, you're going to kick us off as we move on to our next beer. Uh, thank you, David. Um I can't believe we're looking at the beer that's got the longest label on it, even after I mentioned about the triple red <laughs> earlier. Um, it does it set a record for the longest wording on a label, guys? Does have you ever come across something that's 
longer than this. Um, Not many. Uh, maybe an Omnipolo. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Yeah, good. Yeah, Isn't that good. just a series of legends, though? Yeah, good call. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like an alphabet like, soup while you're on, on the, the front um, of the label, yeah. While you're talking about the label, I just you might notice that you've got the OneDrop logo, logo, you've got the Carwin logo. There's a third logo on there, and that's the Ford Hops logo. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out um, to Dave and Pete from Ford Hops because they were – you know, 50% of this black box project. So the imported part, the USA part, and that's what uh, we'll be releasing for sale in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm just pouring out. my cool. beer here. That's an awesome shout out. Guys, uh, and maybe this is a question for Ben D. Um, yeah. Why don't you give our listeners out there a good description on how they would pour this beer? Oh, geez, mate. Into a glass. Yeah. <laughs> I tried and it all, all over the table, I think, is how it's generally done with this this type of beer. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. I, can, uh, right. I, I always hey, do them in a pint it. glass One, because then you don't spill any. Two, three, rest for 10 seconds, and I'm clearly just reading off of the little round <laughs> label. <laughs> and, and keep and, one uh, away from your keyboard. Is that the other bit of this equation? Yeah. Yeah, I think you want to go a pretty aggressive pour. Just it's more fun, and you want to let the nitro shine. Uh, that actually brings me to an interesting thing, and I'm just checking if someone's in the Zoom room at the moment. I don't think he's here, but no, he's here. No, a friend of mine once. Uh, every time he gets a, beer, a, a can of beer with a um, label on the top of it, before he puts it in his fridge, he peels the label off and puts it in the bin. <laughs> And he actually forgets which ones are his nitro pores and which ones aren't because um, he thinks it's just a bit of rubbish. I, think- I hope that friend's not in the room. Were they in the room earlier? <laughs> they, um, they might have been in the room earlier, yeah. I, f- I feel <laughs> you've, you've got to go a pretty aggressive pour on this one. Now, we had a good question. Sorry, Travis, I'm cutting over you here a little no, bit. No, do it. A, do a it. really good question earlier on typed in the Zoom room, and we really encourage people to uh, type their questions as we go along, uh, which I'm just scrolling back up to find now so that I can attribute it properly. And then I'll scroll back down again. It's great listening to this. I absolutely acknowledge that. Uh, and it was from Baz, and it was about the different sort of between uh pastry stouts and the other stouts i think we we're going to touch on it in the prepared questions but i guess we've seen more and more of the pastry stouts emerging lately um you know h- how do you sort of find the differences between them so i view them as pastry stouts are those big adjunct heavy stouts probably with some lactose you know to sweeten them up it's not a style I entirely understand why, because um, I always find them a bit sweet and a bit cloying, and they're not clear in their flavours. Um, I think it's really hard to work out with coming from a wine background what's what, because there's you can do anything you like with beer. You know, you want to make it in a submarine in Bastrate with, you know, native kelp you can make beer out of it 
So anything you can get sugar out of is technically beer. So it's, it's really hard to define those pa pastry stouts and what they are and that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, adjuncts and lactose is probably the two key things. And is there a difference well, in your mind between pastry stouts and dessert stouts? Marketing? Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. Someone in someone's house really appreciated that. Yeah, that's my wife in the background. You're hearing it from my speaker. <laughs> um, on that, we've. I'm going to throw over to to Mr. Warren Wu, who's joined us in the room. Oh no! I hope he never hears that impersonation I did of him earlier. I know, right? It's um. Uh, for those in the Zoom room, Warren looks like he's in a fish tank at the moment. It's very yeah, blurry. I don't know what, yeah. Um. Hopefully he is on to his third beer of the night, which is our one drop um, saturated barrel age blended imperial pastry stout. And he's, got the, and he's got the questions in front of him so he can take over and, uh, and earn his keep and get into this recording. Thanks, Travis. Hello, Warren. Hello, hello. Yeah, have a good. I feel like yeah. we're we're sub subbing in a man who hasn't had the previous beers. This might be the smartest thing we've ever done in our lives. <laughs> My Probably. thoughts exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, potentially, potentially. Although, so the, the first the worst question is: Is this the longest name to ever see on uh, a can? Now, see, know. this is why well, you're supposed to get here on time, Mister Wu, because we've already done that question. Have you already done it? All right, let's, um, it, it turns out that even though I'm drinking a lot of beer, I'm going to have to edit some things. We are going <laughs> to go with question number... Day five, question number five. This takes all the mystery out of it. I know we look like we're just sort of completely disorganised, but it's like this, you know, highly regimented, you know, it's the Rolling Stones tour of the yeah. beer world. It's not really, you know, no one's really having fun. We're just doing exactly what's written on the bit of paper. It's the Rolling Stones tour without the drums. Um, take it off from uh, question number two, Warren. Yeah, I was interested. Do you guys, what are your guys' feelings on on nitro beers? I know I've just as a quiet sample of a lot of people in our Zoom room, a lot of people say, nah, not a go. Kind of just a bit meh. What a yeah. If I could ask the Bens, what do they think? Look, it certainly suits certain beer styles more than others. Um, I feel this beer would be quite low in carbonation anyway. Uh, I prob I would probably prefer it on CO two rather than nitro. Um, but I can appreciate why it's on nitro. And it adds a little bit of extra creaminess and it's still delicious. Um, I must add that this is not a pastry stout in the traditional sense. Um, not, not that pastry stout has a lot of tradition, but it does have a bit. Um, so all the pastry stout, the pastry character in this beer is derived from the barrels, not from uh, adjuncts per se. Yeah, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That, so this, is, yeah. this idea of using um, heavily saturated barrels is something Ben and I have actually talked about for a number of years with our sort of 
as everyone's seen, those little random on the side beers that we make. Um, and I'm a little jealous that Nick got in first and did it because it's always made sense to me, you know. Um, but yeah, so all the there's there's no adjuncts. There's possibly some lactose um, in this beer at all. Um, and I find this is probably from a technical point of view, it's the most interesting beer in the pack. Um, Does anybody want to guess what the, the so there's four barrels that have been used to in this beer. Does anyone want to have a stab at one of the barrels? Well, can you explain a little bit about sort of roughly what you're sort of asking that question? You're asking about sort of what right, so or, yeah, or what, how they're treated. So perhaps, uh, so one of the barrels, for instance, they're not, but one of them might be a vanilla essence barrel that had previously con contained vanilla essence, was emptied, and then had imperial stout in it, which, which then was blended into the beer. There's a part of me that thinks maybe one of them's a port barrel. Oh, I'd go maple syrup if I'd have a guess. Uh, no maple syrup. That's a good guess. Those flavors are coming through for me a bit as well. How about whiskey? How about one of the local whiskey? Um... Uh, yep. So one of them is a double soaked bourbon barrel. Uh, bitumen from the citywide factory down near Arden Street. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not getting that flavor at all, just to be clear. Is one of them a COVID barrel? <laughs> I'm just um, running out of things that might come in barrels. Uh, okay. You Donkey Kong. Kong. So it's a Donkey know, they, Kong flavored beer. They barrel aged sea salt. I can buy of, sea salt barrels. I've heard of barrel aged jeans before. It's, <laughs> sea okay, salt we, we, we're going to get really offline here. Um, <laughs> Ben D, you're you're clearly sitting there tonight looking at a list. Can you tell us what the four barrels are? Yep. So apparently this is the four that was planned, and I haven't double checked with Nick whether these ended up being the four. But what one of them was a, was a Frangelico barrel. I had oh, no wow. idea that Frangelico was barrel aged. Yeah, oh, that's actually a, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It kind uh, of makes sense a, on the nose. Barrel aged, really. Yep. A creme de cacao. Oh, yeah. And a double honey mead. Wow. Where the, did the Frangelico is the one out of those, I've got to say, that I can sort of. Yeah. Yeah, that Yeah. Where are they sourced? Where do, do you have any idea where they're sourced from? Is it... So they've been working with one specific barrel importer on this special so it was like a collaboration with this barrel importer and i believe there's going to be uh, a number of you know similar beers released under this uh saturated pastry barrel uh banner are you giving another scoop that you probably shouldn't give in a public podcast oh well nick will uh, understand yeah <laughs> i'm just pumping him is, up one of the things we've kind of played with and tried to do more and will do more in the future. Um, I like barrels. I don't know why. And I seem to collect them. And I have old barrels from the Lineacle V barrels and I have wine barrels with all the things. And, and I, we, will, we'll, we will be bringing some of these things in for ourselves. But there's a lot of this stuff out there that 
because it doesn't actually come from your main two or three big suppliers, they kind of, brewers are busy. They don't think about these things. Whereas Nick's one of those people, especially, that he starts outside the box and then goes further. Um, so that's why he comes up with this stuff. So I, I think this is, yeah, as I said, really interesting. Mm. Um, moving on, what 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 are you guys finding? What in terms of flavour? What what's the interesting bits that you that our that our good listeners should be would be tasting if they were sampling this beer? To me, the meat surprisingly obvious. There's a, a, a it's it's also a bit like maple syrup. But it's, there's a yeah. sweetness that's not normally associated to me in beer. It kind of reminds me of making the kids pancakes on the weekend. Um, you know, which is why yeah. when someone said maple syrup, I was like, yeah, sure, I, I, I get that. The more it's, it's sitting in the glass, the more that meadness is coming out of it. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. it's a small can, this one. It's quite sweet. It's quite sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's... It's really interesting about doing doing things with barrels and instead of using an adjunct, using well, it's a different style of adjunct, I suppose. Yeah. Um, have with all this barrel collecting, is there a certain barrel in your head which you'd really like to do something interesting with? Like, is there is there a hit list of of interesting barrels that you'd like to to somehow get your hands on and, and manipulate with a liquid? Yes, the most obvious is because I'm possibly not the nicest person in the world. Uh, Tabasco <laughs> sauce barrels. <laughs> yeah. um, Chipotle porter. Chipotle porter. Like we, we have toyed with the idea of making remaking Chipotle porter and Tabasco sauce barrels. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of my barrel stuff is actually probably more focused to whiskey and spirits yeah. and then using them in beer afterwards. Um, and I want to do some experimenting with some large format, like thousand litre barrels with, with new Mac spirit, and then using those to do long-term aging of beer to see what happens. Um, ah, yep. So when you talk to some of the bigger guys, um, Firestone Walker has beer going back seven and eight years in oak. They don't use a lot of it, but they, you know, they might use one barrel in a blend for Parabola, which is oh, yeah. a blend of 250 barrels. Um, so having some of those options, and I think it's that kind of having more to, more paints in your, your set to paint the picture with. The more options you've got, the better the better thing you can create. On on the flip side, of this discussion from from not from using from you know using barrels as a flavouring agent to going back to to the idea of adjuncts and beer being being a whole like yep. being practically anything. Um, is there someone who does it really well? Have you guys got a hit list of people who, who you think can do that adjunct thing uh, and really pull it off? Is there some examples where you really, you really kind of love those stuff, that, that kind of, especially pastry stouts, I suppose? I think, I don't know about Ben, but there's probably more highlights from breweries. Um, I can't think of anyone that's pulling it off consistently. Um, it's, it's the Americans more so. Yeah. But other half, they've got some amazing things. Trillium have got some amazing things. I think 
the palettes feel like they tend on the sweet side. And Ben and I, let's be for Ben now, but we're not really into those super sweet beers. Um, but you you you'll go up, you go over there, and there'll always be two or three just absolute belters in the lineup. Um, Cellar Maker actually in San Fran had some absolute belters in the lineup. So. Oh, yeah. Very good. Um, bloody everyone's asked me why I'm so blurry. Sorry, I'm just, you're going to have to cut that, Travis. I'm just sitting here rubbing my camera, <laughs> seeing if I could. I, it's soft focus. So, Let's Warren, if you were here earlier in the night, you would have heard that um, I plan on having a hangover tomorrow and not doing a lot of editing. So, oh, great. <laughs> my, edit, my edits are done, mate. Like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Um, so there's also going back to the pack itself. Rumor has it there's another seven beers coming from overseas. Have the guys been I, quick enough to get that question in before I arrive? It's another. It's another five beers. Oh, it's another five. Uh, we might and call it the Fantastic Five, but we're totally looking for suggestions for a better name. I'm sorry, guys. You can't call it the Fantastic Five. You, you can call the Fantastic it Fantastic Four. You can Only call if it. One of the bees is called Timmy the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I want to exactly. call it Furious Five, but I, I, I kind of vote for Furious Five. And if you have a picture of Vin Diesel on the box, like that'd be kind of. I, I have younger kids. I was more thinking Country Panda. Um, yeah, so the five's coming. There's some pretty interesting beers in there. Um, the beers. Sorry? I said a fistful of beers. A fistful of beers. Don't mind that. Mm-hmm. A um, few beers more. <laughs> yeah. Would love um, to keep it movie themed, but could you could you maybe do a pack of eight beers and call it the hateful eight of the 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 least favorite beers of the country at the time? Oh. Oh. Wow. Eight black IPAs. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't Inglorious Bastards basically Tarantino's version of you know Magnificent Seven? So you could have Inglorious Beastards. So many great ideas. They'll one will emerge eventually. Yeah. So the the five pack when it comes out will actually come with two glasses. And ah. a, yep. Yep. And a nice little booklet. So it's going to be, Woo. yeah, it's going to be going to be pretty cool. I mean, some some of the breweries that we've got uh, for that are Adroit Theory with something barrel age. Yeah, uh, we've got Parish. Um, we've got, and I did write this down, but Burley Oak, um, yep. Rare Barrel, and Humble Forager. So there you go. Not going to tell you the actual beers yet, but those are the breweries. Man, it's been scoop central tonight, hasn't it? Like, and, and really nice glasses, not butt plug glasses, whoever that was. Yeah, that's one of the joys of being in the actual Zoom room. You get to see the chat. Normally, we try and build it up a bit, but in this instance, uh, <laughs> everyone's probably probably been quite lucky not to have had to see the last five minutes of the, of the chat dialogue. What is wrong with that person, really? <laughs> <laughs> No, these are the opposite of butt plugs. These are like beautiful wine glasses. I love the idea of making a movie themed when people may not reference it back to the movie. 
I think that's a great idea. Yeah. In a similar note, the other day on the WWE, there's a match called the Symphony of Destruction where they use a whole lot of instruments. And one commentator used only Megadeth references, but in such a way that unless you were a Megadeth fan, you'd have no idea what he was doing. So that's the kind of thing I think you were aiming for, Travis, in our you know, beer, uh, movie-themed beer pack. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I love, to be fair, the movie theme for The Magnificent Seven, this has not been a long thought of process. We've been working on the black box for seven or eight months. So this came around pretty quickly. Give us some time. Wow. Our, our new graphic designer and social media person has an amazing sense of humour, so I think she'll come up with some really good stuff. I think we're probably winding up our recording part of tonight. Um, what else can we expect going forward? Should we let the boys have a plug? Yeah. Let's see them plug whatever else they've got. Let's get more scoops. More scoops. That's right. Um, what can we, we expect nothing, from Carwin in the next couple of months, guys? You guys are just going to be sitting around. Well, we've, we've got the Mystery Glass Project. Um, which you have to look the out for. I'm not giving away project. any more information on that no. one. Um, we kept it course, secret for 12 months, which is very good for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like we've it. got Canvent coming up pretty soon, of course, uh, which is, oh. oh, here's a scoop. It's Australia and New Zealand this year. Oh. We can all guess who the New Zealand brewery is. Well, one of them. It's... It's Tiger, isn't it? You're going to put a Tiger beer in the pack. It's Steinlager, yeah. <laughs> um, Canvent's coming up. Bloody hell. Can we are rolling Steinlager. into August, Warren. Oh, it's... my God. What the hell happened to this year? It feels like I've just been sitting in my house the whole year. It feels like, Warren, you haven't just come late to this podcast. That You've come late <laughs> to the whole year. That yeah, it's kind of built <laughs> like we should yeah. be guessing which month Warren will arrive in. No, we've, we've got a few things coming. Um, ben and I did try and buy a brewery a few weeks ago. them off, unfortunately. So, Can you let us know which one? That. Yeah, it was called Beach Hut. Has anyone heard of Beach Hut Brewing? I think I saw them listed in a trade. Yeah. No, as That's in, where I, I, saw them. I think I saw the same ad that you might have seen. Yeah, I I love how Ben D's like madly shaking his head while <laughs> like Big Ben's actually just saying it. It's like no, we can't say that. This is my life, Warren. <laughs> and so our our social media sort of tiles for this. Uh, this podcast are going to be about, you know, has Carwin, you know, just bought their own brewery? You'll have to listen to the whole episode to find out. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the beers are kicking in. We should potentially look at wrapping up this record and then sit around in the Zoom room. And this is the thing to all the listeners out there. If you're in the Zoom room, you get to sit around afterwards and drink 14% beers with us as we uh, get through the night in a lockdown. Um, Ben's, give us your social medias. It's 
at Carwin Sellers. <laughs> now, I feel like last time you were oh, on the podcast, we had this same you. discussion. On uh, Instagram, follow Wine in Melbourne. Ben's <laughs> very active Instagram. <laughs> and that is exactly what I was waiting for because... <laughs> Um, it's, most, it's, mostly, do it. yeah. it's mostly port by the spa. <laughs> I, and, I, um, I did try and work out if I could put the computer in the next to the spa for today's little episode, but it didn't quite work. Well, perhaps that's something cool. we can do when we have you back for the Furious Five. <laughs> sure. It's been... Uh, Excellent to have you on, guys. Just from a little cool room spruiking opportunity before we close things out, uh, we're in the process of putting up the events that we're going to have uh, in uh, August. Funny enough, that we've got around to that time of the year. Uh, we're really excited, so please make sure you follow us on the social medias to stay up to date with those. Uh, I can announce a couple more from even where we started things at the beginning of the night. So we're going to have uh, the good people of Little Bang On in on the 5th of July. We're going to have Killer Sprocket on the 12th. We're going to have our friends from Golden Hills return on the 19th. And we've also booked in another blind tasting where all of the beers will arrive at your house foiled up so you won't know what they are and you can taste them blind with us the best way to make sure that you have all of that happen for you is to uh ensure that uh thank you crofty it is the 5th of august you are 100 correct mate i'm glad you're here to keep me on the straight and narrow uh the best way to ensure you get all of those beers will be to be a subscriber to our monthly pack and that way you'll receive six beers for each of those events, they'll come to you at the beginning of the month and no one will need to do any more thinking about ensuring that they get out to you. And uh, there may be a few other things that come on at the end of August. We're just trying to front load it because we know that a whole lot of people at the moment are in lockdown and looking for some fun things to do. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on uh, all of the other social medias. And hopefully everyone can join us on Saturday for the live event with Deschutes, uh, which we're pretty stoked about. It's always fun to have an overseas brewer. It's going to be a long time before, unfortunately, brewers are able to come to Australia from places like that. So uh, we're going to enjoy all of that. Uh, Justine, thank you for pointing out that even before I'd had a beer tonight, that I typed in that uh, on Friday night, that's tomorrow night, Melbourne time. We're having our log unveiling, uh, or to rephrase that, it's our brand new logo for the podcast and everything else that we're doing, and we'll be revealing that uh, on the same going head-to-head -head with the Olympic opening ceremony, and we know what's going to be more important to all of our best friends. Ignore the Olympic opening ceremony and come and join us live in the cool room, Zoom room, uh, for the logo unveiling. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you, guys, all and sundry. We're going to turn off the recording and sit back and enjoy these fantastic beers. Well, thank, thanks for having us. Maybe we can do a little collaboration pack for the next podcast. Who knows? That sounds like a Ooh. great idea. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Actually, now you've finished recording. No, we haven't yet. Well, I haven't stopped yet, Ben. <laughs> so we actually do have one thing coming that has just hit the water. 
um, from our trip to the US, Ben and I met a guy called James Priest, who's got a tiny blendery in New Jersey. And he never had beer to send to us. And a couple of months ago, he got a message, I have beer. So the referred blendery from New Jersey is coming over in a container uh, with the other half shipment through um, Jason at Maverick. And that will be here in about end of August, early September. So that, that's Carl the reverend. Started importing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah. There you go, guys. One last scoop for the night. We are going to end the recording and uh, enjoy some beers. Cheers, legends. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.